Look, we always have to be uh, uh, cautious and serious when it comes to Naswala. We have a lot of bad experience with that uh, person. Um, and so I think we should take very seriously what he's saying. It's not necessarily to say that, uh, you know, he's going to materialize his uh, threats, but uh, it's better to be prepared than uh, surprised. It's difficult to even speak of a functioning Lebanese government at this juncture. It's such a mess there. But when Hezbollah speak, are they speaking on behalf of the Lebanon government? Are they coordinated with the Lebanese government? Or is it possible that um, elements in Lebanon would accept an American-mediated deal, whereas Hezbollah would not? Well, look, as you mentioned accurately, look, the boss in Lebanon to a large extent is Hezbollah. Uh, but he's not the only boss in the sense that there are more and more voices in Lebanon who object to Hezbollah. Um, Hezbollah um, sort of like took uh, ownership over Lebanon's decisions when it comes to foreign policy, to peace, war, and stuff, stuff like that. And more and more Lebanese are basically, um, let's put it this way, are very unhappy with that. In fact, uh, today in Lebanon, there are many voices that formally and openly says Hezbollah is an Iranian proxy that actually occupied Lebanon in the service of Iran. Um, but it's very clear that in the end of the day, the Hezbollah is the one that dictates um, the pace, it dictates the direction, it di- dictates the, uh, uh, the maneuvering of these whole conversations and talks, uh, particularly given the fact that uh, he, got, um, he got a puppet in the shape of uh, the president of Lebanon, Michel Aoun, that um, uh, towards the end of this year is supposed to conclude his term, uh, but nobody really knows first if it's going to happen, and second, what will happen afterwards. Uh, so um, the bottom line is that in the end of the day, uh, the real boss in that context is the Hezbollah. Explain to our listeners how it is that Israel and Lebanon are arguing now over exactly where the maritime border lies. Up until now, there hasn't been a demarcated maritime border? Well, Israel and Lebanon has a, has a line that was marked back in the 1920s uh, by a joint uh, French-British committee. It's called the Foulet Newcomb Committee. Uh, uh, committee. And, and actually, they, they signed or they marked on the ground the land uh, border. And when Israel and Lebanon signed the uh, ceasefire agreement in 1949, um, they referred only to the land border. There was no reference to maritime uh, border. Uh, roughly speaking, the, 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 the argument is around an area of something like originally about 850 square miles, uh, kilometers, sorry. And, and recently, the Lebanese government actually... Um, increased the demand and, and, and almost tripled the size of the area that they want, uh, including part of the area that is the, today uh, the Israeli Karish uh, field in the sea. Um, roughly speaking, the two states have different approach towards the question how to mark the, the border. Um, obviously, as you could understand, the Lebanese would like to see the border going further down south, meaning they will have more uh, territorial water in their territory. And Israel, on the other hand, wants to see the border going more up north. Um, so that's roughly speaking the, the story of the marking of the borders between the maritime borders uh, between the, the two states. Nasrallah, in his uh, latest threats over the weekend, and these are just the latest of uh, many threats, 
he stated specifically that this um, dispute is not connected to the nuclear agreement uh, that may or may not be signed between the world powers and Iran. But do you think there is a linkage in the sense that if a nuclear agreement is clinched, then it would seem very unlikely that um, Iran and its proxy Hezbollah would start a, a dispute over this, uh, as Iran would not want to um, um, upset the world powers straight after a nuclear agreement is signed. Well, Mark, let's put it this way. Look, uh, Hezbollah is an Iranian proxy, and his first and most significant mission assigned to him by Iran is the following mission. His mission is to occupy Lebanon from within, to dismantle Lebanon, and to turn Lebanon into an Iranian uh, satellite that will be part of the Iranian land corridor that the Iranians are trying to establish all the way from Iran to the Mediterranean. To a large extent, Hezbollah was quite successful in his mission. Here is the dilemma of the Iranians. Hezbollah is their most significant strategic proxy. Um, and if they lose that proxy, or if that proxy is going to be severely beaten, as probably will be the case if he will initiate a war with Israel, the Mullah regime in Tehran will probably see his investment going down the drain. And that basically could jeopardize the whole Iranian Mullah regime vision. Therefore, I think that the bottom line in that context is that Hezbollah threats, Nasrallah is threatening, he doesn't want to have a war because the Iranians mostly doesn't want to have a war, and particularly not in that time. Um, um, but he's kind of like walking here on the edge, he's playing a dangerous gamble. Now, what Nasrallah is actually trying to do, Nasrallah, one of the things that he's been doing all along the way was to say to the Lebanese, look, he said, my weapon, meaning the Iranian weapon of the Hezbollah, is the weapon of the resistance. And it's supposed to shield, allegedly, Lebanon against the Zionist conspiracies. And that weapon is supposed to secure the interest of Lebanon. So now, in the context of the story of the of the gas, the Hezbollah Nasrallah could play the game and say, "Well, um, you know, they signed the good deal, quote unquote, because Israel was afraid that I would use my weapon." In other words, Hezbollah is all the time doing this connection between his weapon and the allegations or the excuses uh, that he gives to keep this weapon. So the threats. The so the threats could be just posturing so Hezbollah can claim the credit if there is an agreement. Yes, he will, look, he will, claim, he will claim credit in any, in any condition, in any situation. Uh, the issue is that, in a way, Hezbollah and Nasrallah particularly climbed the high tree, the very tall tree, and he may have some challenge going down of that tree. He will find a way to get down of that tree. The question is the following one. He may decide, for whatever the calculation, that Israel could tolerate some small-scale standoff-slash-military confrontation. That may be his calculation. Uh, but he has to be very aware of the possibility that this calculation may be very wrong. Um, he already went, went, made once a very, very significant uh, mistake in 2006 uh, when he um, initiated the war uh, with Israel, when he kidnapped the soldiers with, that resulted in 
uh, the 33 days of the 2006 war between Israel and Hezbollah. And when that war was over, Hezbollah Nasrallah uh, openly admitted and said, had I knew that would be the outcome of the kidnapping of the soldiers, I would never ever do it in the first place. Um, the question is whether Nasrallah's memory is still fresh. I think his memory is still fresh. Um, he's, he's a master in mass psychology. He's playing the game. Um, but the big issue is to see whether he's going to make a move that will be, uh, be turned up to be a big mistake on his, on his part, reminding you that in July uh, he sent uh, drones. Uh, as a kind of like a message uh, towards the Israeli uh, gas field Karish in the Mediterranean. Israel intercepted all those three uh, drones. Um, this, is the, this is the big question mark. Uh, whether Nasrallah is going to, for whatever the reason, decide that he could initiate a small-scale confrontation, but that will be his perspective of the situation. Israel's perspective may be totally different. And here is the problem of the Hezbollah and the Iranian, as I said before. Lebanon is on a slippery slope. It's actually on the abyss. It's a disintegrating failure state. Um, and um, a war with Israel will push Lebanon to its final end. Um, and when that ship will sink, that is called Lebanon, everyone on board will sing, including the Hezbollah.